and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm one of your hosts. Every Wednesday and Friday, we bring you interviews with female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Morgan, also known as the Wood Art Woman across most of social media. I actually stumbled across Morgan, uh, aka Wood Art Woman, on TikTok uh, with one of her posts using the upside down pink triangle to come up with a piece of wood art. And um, for those of you who don't know, that's pretty important symbol to the LGBTQIA plus community. So that got, that piqued my interest and um, I went ahead and reached out to her about getting her to be a guest on the podcast. And I'm so thankful that she said, yes, it was a lovely conversation talking about a wide range of issues that all impact, not just the woodworking community and craft community, but our communities as a whole. Before we hop into the interview, though, with Morgan, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee, at Lee Runyon, Annette, 513 Woodworks, Katie, Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Toolmom Bonnie, ToolmomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio, Obey, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, and Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued support, helping to produce two episodes a week, every week. If you would like to get your name added to this podcast list of thank yous, um, if you've been enjoying the podcast and you're like, man, I keep forgetting, I just, I keep meaning to head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting revolution and become a patron uh, supporting the podcast every month. Well, now's your chance, like hit pause right now, head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting revolution. There's bunch of different tier options and no matter what tier you choose even if you choose the one dollar a month tier so just that's just twelve dollars a year you will get your name added to the list of thank yous that is at the top of the episode for every episode every week because that is how important it is to the survival of the podcast for people who listen and enjoy the show like yourselves to support so thank you so very very much with no further ado, let's hop on into the chat with Morgan, the wood art woman. Well, Morgan, I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Sure. Yeah, I'm Morgan Meyer. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I'm a business owner and artist behind Wood Art Woman. I live in a suburb near Minneapolis, Minnesota and craft wooden art pieces. Um, We'll probably go into this a bit, but I try to break down the gender stereotypes with this craft and finding ways to reuse and recycle some wood materials. Um, most of what I create is wood art, but I have also been expanding to, you know, tables, barn doors, and um, a lot of that is custom work right now. Um, I take century old wood from Minneapolis homes usually the lath in between the walls of those homes mm. and make my designs and pieces from them. And um, I guess the foundation was formed to change the bias when it comes to women in these male dominated fields. 
Um, and a percentage of my proceeds are donated right now, 10% to the National Women's Law Center to fight for those gender inequities. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing your pronouns. I, every time somebody does that, I'm reminded I really should start by asking that <laughs> question at the start too. Um, but I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and century old home. So let me see. I'm totally dating myself, but I think my first home was like 15 years ago and it was like a 1908 is when it was built and like I did not understand like the construction of those homes until I had to like try to install new outlets and like cutting into and trying to install new outlets for one like plaster walls suck for putting anything like onto like even hanging stuff it's like horrible uh, and for two it's like that's where I understood the whole lattice thing and like it was like the insulation was like horse hair and stuff like that it was like crazy yeah I've even seen it <laughs> where people stuff newspaper in between those walls like mm-hmm. what a fire hazard first of all but I'm glad that you know things have progressed over the years At least a lot of the wood that I recover from homes that people, um, they either like just tear down the whole thing altogether, but mostly they'll tear down some walls and open the space and I'll come and grab that last. Um, I love when there's still some plaster on them and I try to like keep a lot of that texture and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, character to a lot of my designs. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. There's actually, it's, there's a lot of um, old homes, you know, in the current area I'm in too. And so I just learned a story recently, like they had, there was like a particular like artist in the area uh, in the 1900s who like worked with a construction guy to like build a bunch of homes and they used like reclaimed materials for a lot of like building the homes and so like some a lot of times when they go and like remove walls now for remodeling these homes they'll find like an entire mattress as like the insulation in the wall which is just crazy so crazy (laughs) I know this is somewhat off topic but I saw someone build a new home lately and they in between the walls, they put one of those skeletons that are fake, you know, they put it in the wall, just so if anyone ever tears it down, they kind of have a slight heart attack. I thought that was hilarious. That is pretty hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, well, I want to like, kind of, you know, take a step back and ask you broader, like, what is, what is your story, like, starting from like, baby Morgan, like where you grew up and how did you get into uh, making wood art? It's been a journey, that's for sure. Um, I would have never expected even two years ago that I'd be doing this full time or even doing it as a hobby. So it's kind of been a short-term process, but it's like my whole life journey has led me up into this. Um, I grew up in rural Minnesota and, you know, went through the steps. I went to college. I tried to get jobs just anywhere in corporate, just because I feel like 
it felt like the right path. And everyone always says, you know, go this way and you'll lead to success. But I found success going that way, but veering away from it. Um, I worked a lot of jobs in corporate and um, starting just seven years ago, I did a lot of internal communications work, customer service, external communications. Um, and I, along the way, have always had a lot of side hustles. <laughs> I started random businesses here or there just to like get some extra money. And the two major ones were photography and videography. And I currently still have an online shop where I sell vintage clothing that I just find at thrift stores. Um, so I've learned kind of how to run a business slowly but surely. And then still my main focus was in corporate, thinking the goal is to climb the corporate ladder and you know keep getting promotions and you get paid more. But the more I did it, the more burnt out I got. And I just didn't feel like myself. Like I could definitely, I've had manager roles and I, I could definitely lead teams, but at the same time, I wasn't motivated myself. Like I can do it. I'm just going through the motions though. So I have always wanted to learn um, like wood mosaic, wood art. It's always been on the back of my mind, but then COVID hit and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I have some extra time on my hands. <laughs> and, you know, it was a really rough year, but for me, I, there was a little bit of a window of opportunity that I'm so glad that I started, um, you know, looking into actually spending time working on these wood art pieces. But what really got me started was I was looking for tools since I have no background in woodworking or anything. Um, I was just shopping around browsing for tools and I walk into this store and this older man comes up to me immediately. And he's like, he hands me their catalog. He's like, you should take this home to your boyfriend or your husband and he'll show you what tools to get. And I was like, why? Because only women can use tools. I was just so taken back, but I'm so glad and grateful now <laughs> looking back that he said that to me because I was like, clearly there's not enough women in this field. I need to learn it, own it and, you know, build from there. And here we are today, like literally this one conversation made me so motivated to learn this craft and get into it. And since then I've, um, still tried to keep my corporate position in communications and I was working that full time. Um, but then at the same time, Wood Art Woman was scaling and I was getting so many orders and I just felt so burnt out and I had no extra time on my hands to do anything for myself that the burnout was real. <laughs> and I had to make a really tough decision whether I should launch this full time or not and leave this stable paycheck. So it took a little bit of pep talk from my partner and I, but I'm so glad I did it. It's only been two or three months now where I've been full-time wood art woman working out of my shop. And I'm so grateful. Things are looking way better than I thought that they would. Um, and I know like I was listening to one of your other podcasts recently, and you mentioned how the payout is really in mental health. Mm -hmm. And like that resonated in me so much just because I would just be so burnt out and had no time for myself. And now I can actually take a step back and pay myself back in mental health, taking time for myself and still scaling this business. So long story, but <laughs> I'm so grateful that I learned to not, you know, take like the paved path, 
path forward because I think like a lot of people they reach their 40s and 50s and they hate what they do and they don't like it and I am glad that I listened to my intuition and knew that that wasn't the path for me right now and I still have time (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah um yeah I'm definitely like well I should say I realized that in my 30s and now I just hit 40 and I'm still like okay I'm I'm getting giddy because there's a potential for going small potential but potential for going full-time and Mm -hmm. I'm getting excited about that um in my own world I do want to ask though like um as far as like making and stuff like when you were younger or even like high school age like were you making stuff then like where this kind of like drive to make come from um so I've always wanted to create whether it was like painting photography videography I've always loved the craft and you know just creating something um and having that creative freedom but I guess more so what I've learned is that we need women in fields where they aren't usually portrayed. And when I was in high school, I wasn't, um, I didn't elect to be in a woodshop class just because I looked at that class and it was all males there. Mm -hmm. So there's like that looking back now, I recognize there was that wall of intimidation where I didn't give myself the opportunity to explore this field earlier, just because it was scary. Like no one likes to be the only woman or non-binary person in that room. You know, like you have to have a certain level of confidence, which I learned as I got older to, you know, take up space, claim your seat and learn these fields where people like you aren't usually in. So I never explored it earlier and I regret that, but at the same time, there's no time like the present. And it kind of drives like my passion behind my business too. Um, and, you know, finding this community of women that fight for the same thing to see more women in this field, um, because we need to break down the barriers that limit a woman's choice of work, interests, or what she can set her mind to building, creating, cultivating, you know, and normalizing being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So in the last year, I've really just kind of been hands-on by myself, you know, learning from other people online, YouTube. Um, my partners helped me here and there with tools, but I knew that because I didn't give myself the chance earlier, I wanted to give myself the chance now to fully claim it and own this craft. So it was kind of like, I'm doing it myself and we're going to make it happen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny that you started with the photography and videography my first side hustle was videography um that was like the first thing I did uh when I got my first corporate job um and I you know I think like there's all this research out there for one about like millennials like have to have side hustles just even like break even um (laughs) actually 100 (laughs) but beyond that beyond that I think too like there's something about like this maker community that you know the more people I interview on the podcast I find like how many people have like started and maybe stopped but like continued to make creative businesses as side hustles I think it's more than just like the money 
because let's get real like woodworking is not the most profitable like field yeah. to like jump into um unless you're like not paying yourself if you choose not to pay yourself like then you can make some money right um from the get-go but otherwise it's not super profitable I think it's more about kind of like you know you hit on before too like the mental health aspect or just like the feeling or the need to like make something right like I don't yeah. I don't know corporate world like unless you're lucky enough to have like a creative job in the corporate world it doesn't feel like you create a lot beyond like spreadsheets mm -hmm. like there's just not a lot of like That's, creativity yeah. going on that's so true. And I think when you mentioned like the payout, like I, like my history, I guess I've never really, I didn't grow up financially stable. I've always had to like hustle to get there. And that's like a lot of millennials, as you mentioned, but I think I've always been so money hungry that I'm learning now that it's okay to take a step back and take time for yourself and not get burnt out because otherwise you're going to hit another dead end. Mm -hmm. So it's, interesting like looking at how I felt like I had to be in corporate I'm also kind of grateful that I was because it's when you hear other people um in leadership talking they kind of talk about like the t value where the top part of the t okay you have a position you don't really like whether you know woodworking corporate whatever yeah. it is learn the other learn the depth and breadth of like the knowledge and skills in that field or things similar to it, learn it all. And then you narrow down what you want to do. So right now, um, like, I guess I'm as an entrepreneur, I'm a woodworker, I'm a customer service rep, I'm a web designer, I'm shipping <laughs> operations, right. social media, like ad manager, it's so much, but you have to either learn on the fly or use the traits that you have previously. So I'm sure for your work, you use your photography, skills to sell a lot of your products which helps you in the long run you know right. <laughs> yes yeah hey pond squad i would like to give a big shout out and thanks to this week's sponsor rockport works they offer safety footwear that suits people's occupation and lifestyle by incorporating performance safety and style into every shoe and boot each shoe features a slip-resistant outsole and a toe cap varying between steel, alloy, and posit. Other features such as electrical hazard and shock protection are also available depending on your safety needs. So Rockport delivers extraordinary technology-based comfort using the latest advances in construction and design to create both modern and classic shoe styles. So whatever the outfit, they've got you covered. Their goal is to support your style, to take you from work to leisure and everything in between. Try what Rockport works for yourself and change the world without changing your shoes. Now, they offered to send me some boots and I said, hey, look here, I got lots of boots. I got plenty of boots. I really, really, really need a shoe that's going to work for me out in the workshop. Because right now, if I don't feel like wearing my work boots, I'm wearing my tennis shoes. and not only is it hard on the tennis shoes, those aren't really the best to wear protection and safety wise out in the shop. So they sent me a pair of their True Stride uh, work shoes, which are these slip on shoes that have 
a zipper on them and they consist of moisture wicking micro mesh liner and a leather upper and they've got this nice little cushion in the heel that really is helpful for my lower back personally um, they have these shoes available in sizes from 6 to 12 in both M and W widths. I went with W because I've got a white foot. And I'm just going to let you know. So I went ahead and ordered my standard like eight wides and they do run a little bit big on me. But I love them even more for that, honestly, because that makes them easier to slip on and off. So I just slip right in, head on out to the garage, do some work, come in, take them off. Don't track sawdust all over the house. So it is fantastic um the shoe besides being super cool and comfy also meets all astm safety standards and requirements all right so if you want to try out a pair of the true stride true stride shoes or any of their other work boots and shoes um, head on over to rockport works and you can use discount code freeman 25. That's Freeman, F-R-E-E-M-A-N, 25, to get 25% off of your purchase at checkout. So take advantage of this super sweet deal for listeners of the pod and head on over and check out Rockport Works. All right, let's head back into the episode. And, and I think, yeah, exactly, like doing the video stuff like before social media really existed. There was Facebook, but none of the other things and so you weren't and you weren't putting on Facebook if you were putting a video it was definitely like the 169 format wide format it wasn't being done on your phone right it was like yeah you're doing it on a camcorder you're editing on your computer and you're posting from there so like learning that though like just even learning at an early stage of like what grabs people's attention like makes the learning curve every time social media now throws in something new makes the learning curve like shorter because it's just like you have all that past history to build on yeah exactly and I know when it comes to social media it's great to utilize the different platforms and I realized there's a lot of opportunity in TikTok now because it's like the new trending thing but I tried it once and my first video got 30,000 views and I was like what it was it was the worst video it took me like two minutes to make there's just so much opportunity in this platform so I started spending more time on it Mm -hmm. and realizing that I can get a lot more traffic that way so um, being able to like get on top of the curve and see what works and what doesn't really helped me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so TikTok was the ticket for me. <laughs> yes. Which is, I mean, that's how I found you. I found you on TikTok first and then came over to uh, Instagram because I have still found that like messaging via t- TikTok doesn't always, I don't know, I feel like it gets yeah. lost there. <clears throat> and so like, I still prefer to message via Instagram if I'm going to like reach out to somebody. Um mm-hmm. I guess I did want to like, so what grabbed me on your TikTok video is you did one on the significance of the pink triangle and like the history of that and what that means. I'm just curious now that I have like you as a captured audience, I get to ask this question. (laughs) Yeah. What drove the, like, I guess, putting education behind that or even like going down that path for you? You know, I think that Glorian 
having your own business is you can do what you want. And so I've like been learning that along the way. And a lot of what drives me is the passion behind it. So I was just honestly scrolling on my phone in my bed one day, getting ready for the morning, like trying to get the courage to get up and have a coffee. But I came across, um, I think is Matt XIV or something is his name on Instagram. And he had an educational post for LGBTQ history month. And it was, um, to really summarize this, the inverted pink triangle was something that the Nazis used to label, um, like LGBTQ people in the, that era. So Mm -hmm. I was so like taken back, like, how did I not know about this? And I feel like I need to use my passion and my platform to create something. So I dropped everything that I was going to do for the day and started planning a design that had pink triangles in it. And I loved it. Like that was one of my favorite days recently because, you know, being inspired by something and having that creative freedom to drop what you want to do and just build that design. I don't know. It was really remarkable. And then when I posted the design and put it on the website, um, like I got so much good response from it and it just further builds this community of people who support each other and go for a cause and have an impact in the community and educate each other at the same time. Like what a dream. (laughs) So I need to start taking more of these opportunities to have that spark when the light bulb goes off and be able to make a design or create something from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, again, dating myself, but like before, I mean, the rainbow flag has been a part of the community and the movement for a really long time um but it was there was still a very long period of time where like showing the rainbow flag on like a safe space for people was risky and so they would show like safe spaces would just have like the upside down pink triangle um, when that was like re kind of reclaimed by the community mm-hmm. to mean something for the benefit. So they would show that, like, I remember there being like stickers and stuff in, in spaces so that you would know, like, that's a place that I can go and be safe if I need it. Um, yeah. Oh, so there's like a lot of power behind that symbol. Um, and I think to some degree, I think that symbol has been lost for good or bad right like there's kind Mm of you know a lot more within that community anyways um yeah and I honestly before that post I had no idea um so like I'm learning as I'm going to um and learning about other people reclaiming their seat and you know knowing that they have the space and the ability to talk about it um and that's it's kind of a parallel to our work too if we're trying to get more women and non-binary people in this field we're reclaiming it we're taking that seat and we're owning this so um I just thought you know it's pretty remarkable that we have that opportunity yeah yeah that's one of the things I've like really enjoyed about like actually that I've really enjoyed about TikTok is sometimes it's allowed me to learn about like historical figures that I knew 
<laughs> nothing about, yeah. um, you know, because it wasn't taught in the school system. And so it was like, it opens opportunity even just to like, okay, let's go research. And to your point, like, even, um, you know, I'm researching right now, I have, I'm potentially getting a, a big piece of equipment somewhat soon. And so I'm researching like, okay, what do I want to make once I get that and like to launch into like doing more sales and stuff. And so even just like researching different uh, female figures in history and learning, um, learning more about, <laughs> especially female uh, figures in history, learning more about like probably the black and brown people that were behind a lot of the white women who got all of the publicity yep. <laughs> for the movement. Mm -hmm. um, and like, just like you said, taking that opportunity to be like, well, instead of like continuing to highlight this like white woman who's had all of the accolades already, I'm going to like go a level behind her and highlight the black and brown women who actually like did a lot of the work um and so it's it's really great when you get to have that opportunity to like you said you get that spark of inspiration and you can just go with it because it's your business so yeah <laughs> I love it I feel like our community of makers like I, from what I've noticed other people that you've had on the show everyone uses their talents and fortitude to construct a better world for everyone, you know? And I think that from what I've noticed, people buy people first. So before they buy your product and service, which someone can look at my designs and be like, great, that's amazing. looks so cool. But then when I tell them my backstory and how this man told me I couldn't buy tools, like, you know, it gives a little bit more to it. So I think it's one thing for me to stand up and like sell my story. Now it's time to like sell other women's stories and other underrepresented groups. And like, I know previously I worked for a nonprofit um, where I had to manifest that storytelling. So still picking up from like those past experiences and using, um, you know, my communications marketing to help boost that it helps now um, and really just being able to like shape myself and like cultivate the community that builds it with me is amazing. So I think that's like, I love that. That's a great next step for us is to look at other people's stories. Yep. Yep, exactly. I mean, that's actually the whole reason like the podcast exists is that I love just sharing, yeah. you know, finding other people's stories. Um, so I want to ask about like, the reclaimed aspect, like what, when you started going down this path of like, I think I want to make like wood mosaic art pieces and stuff, like what drove the, and I want to make it from reclaimed materials part of it. Yeah. I think, well, for one, during the lockdown, uh, wood prices were crazy. So <laughs> that definitely helped. Um, you know, try to find a way to cut those costs. But I think when it comes to business, anyone can make a product, but what makes it unique? Like what I thought, like, what's my unique edge and how can I embrace that difference besides my backstory and working for women? Um, I have, so I had this friend nearby here and she was tearing down walls of her houses. Um, 
and she posted it on her Instagram story. I was like, are you doing anything with that wood? <laughs> and it was just wood last she had outside right. her house. So I messaged her and quick picked them up. And that was one of the first times that I used reclaimed wood just because I saw her posted online. And it was just like a light bulb, like I need to use that. So that was kind of like the trigger event. Um, and now she has a piece in her house that has, you know, that was on the inside of a wall she knocked down. Now it's this beautiful thing above her dining room table. Um, so there's like more of a meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And since then, um, I've been partnering with other contractors in the area or I'll just look on marketplace or Craigslist mm-hmm. and see if people are getting rid of their wood laths. <laughs> but usually it's like a quick turnaround. Um, they need it gone today or it's going right. to the landfill. Right. So it's definitely a hustle to try to quick get there, pick them up, put them in my car, come back for like three loads. Um, and then you have to like clean up the wood too. So a lot of them I take off the nails and clean them up, sand them. But sometimes I like I keep the nails in them just to add some more character. So yeah, it's definitely um it's a hustle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a whole process of its own, right? Like honestly, whether you're working with reclaimed or even like fresh lumber, there's always like material breakdown. Um it's mm-hmm. a large part of the process. <laughs> yeah. That's what takes I know. the most time. <laughs> I also love telling people where their piece came from. Mm-hmm. So if someone orders a piece from me, I'll tell them like, this came from a home in South Minneapolis built in 1902. So it's just a little fun fact for mm-hmm. something that they're going to be looking at every day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually, I mean, you know, whether you were aware or not so my oldest is um diving in recently to uh Bill Nye the science guy and so we've been um watching his show on Netflix and we have his huge science book and which is all about like climate change um and so learning more and more about the carbon cycle and the fact that like so when when trees pull out the carbon from the air, right, it's stored in that wood until it decomposes. So the fact that you take wood and save it from the landfill means you continue to contain that carbon um, and it doesn't get released into the atmosphere. So you're doing something good for the climate as well. (laughs) Wow, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the, you know, one of the reasons I'm always even like, I still haven't quite figured it out, but always trying to think of like, how can I even utilize like sawdust into like making something um, Mm -hmm. like an object just because it's like trying to contain as much of that carbon down to like the last fiber as humanly possible. Love Um, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's sawdust. Like I've used it on my lawn to like help yep. grow the grass seeds. Otherwise like wood putty sometimes when you mix um, glue with it, but I haven't really found anything major either. Yeah. There's actually been um, some artists that have taken like large quantities of sawdust and mixed it with glue and um, some other products and basically turn it into like a clay 
and then they form like with molds and stuff they form furniture pieces out of it um and then you can like you can sand it and everything you know it's just like finishing up a wood piece from there but um which is something I've definitely considered it's just that takes a lot of work too um yeah (laughs) gotta find the time that's the hardest thing (laughs) I'm like and I constantly have so many ideas like I feel like each of those ideas would become its own business on its own if I let it um and so a lot of times I just have to rein myself in and say, no, yes. stay focused on this because otherwise I won't get anything done. I'll just start a bunch of stuff and that will yeah. be Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same way. I had this huge list of things that I wanted to start new mm-hmm. in October. And I just basically took all but one or two of them and ran it over to November <laughs> because it's like, you know priorities I guess like I want to get people's orders on on time so that's always the priority and then you know answering people's questions and then it's the lump of things that I really want to help move the business Mm -hmm. but those are they take time and that's the hardest thing is not having enough time to accomplish what you want (laughs) exactly um how are you like selling your pieces is it all through social media website etsy like how are you kind of reaching people yeah so right now i sell almost everything online so just woodartwoman.com um and i use social media platforms to direct people there and to find me and just you know really cultivate mm-hmm. this community is what i utilize social media for Um, but lately this summer I started doing some in-person events, just local in my suburb town of Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's called Hopkins. I was at the Hopkins farmer's market for a couple weekends just to have more of, you know, a footing in the local community and get my brand out there other than online. Um, this weekend I have a big event in St. Paul. So I've been trying to do a lot of those, like, vendor markets but it's hard to know which ones are worth going to and spending the money at and the time because even like this Saturday I know I keep bringing up time but even this Saturday I'll be there from 6 a.m to set up everything um and it starts well I guess I'll be there 6 a.m to 5 p.m like that's a long day and that's a lot of time that I don't know if it's worth it or not and I don't know if I have enough products there. And then you have to spend some effort building the booth and making sure it's, mm-hmm. you know, something that's very visual and people are drawn to. Yep. So yeah, it's a, we're figuring it out. And I know that this is new. I've only been doing it a year, but um, there's so much fun in the exploration of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mainly again, online sales is really it you know just woodartwoman.com <laughs> well I mean the to me the benefit of like the online sale is it allows you to like make a one of something and take pictures of it and then like you don't have to make the second or third or fourth or fifth of that until there's yeah. actually like the orders for it um whereas like when you go to market, like that's always been where I've struggled is like, because, you know, I'm not, especially since I'm not doing this full time, like I don't have the time to build up inventory 
to take mm-hmm. to a show because you yes you could still just have a one of there but you know it's like generally you want to have like more than one of a similar <laughs> object uh in the hopes that you would sell it and then on the reverse side of that it's like once you've done that like I don't know it's probably been three years since I've done like a pop-up market and I made like a crap load of coasters I still have a crap load of coasters (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) and it's kind of like okay everyone continues to get coasters every birthday and Christmas until they are gone (laughs) because you know um so that's to me like the downside of like in-person market space until you build that audience now once you build like an audience who like oh I'm gonna go to this show because I know Wood Art Woman is there every Mm -hmm. year like and I'm going specifically so I can like purchase something once you're at that point it's like not as big of a deal because you're gonna like sell stuff but yeah so true I'm also thinking of ways that you know, no one likes to carry around a four foot by two foot piece that they purchase, you know, like they want to walk around the rest of the market too. So I really want to have people have an opportunity to get the bigger pieces that really are a statement for their home. But really, I know like the smaller ones are going to sell there and they're going to carry them. So I think this weekend when I'm there, I'm going to probably set up an iPad because the, um, the location has Wi-Fi, Mm -hmm. which hopefully works. (laughs) I'll set up an iPad and I'll uh, have people scroll through there and purchase on the iPad. And then we can schedule a pickup or delivery or something since they're local. So I'm hoping that that works. Um, But then again, it's kind of like you're driving in-person people to be online because this whole new online world just has so many more opportunities and it's just so convenient. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I also want to ask like, clearly, you know, clearly you have the passion for like trying to drive more visibility to like women and non-binary folks like being in this space like Mm -hmm. how do you feel like how do you feel you're trying to push that passion in like how you show up in social media and stuff you know I think initially and I still continue to just pushed my story and when I was talked down to mm-hmm. or um, not expected to be in this field so I really continue to speak on my experience like even last week I was at the dog park and this guy and I were making conversation and he was like what are you doing after this I said I'm going to pick up plywood and he's like oh it's nice of you to pick up plywood for your boyfriend <laughs> like no the plywood's for me. So I keep using these like stories just to bring light to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it is rewarding to read messages from other viewers on my social media and customers um, about how it resonates with them. And I, I honestly just like screenshot a lot of their comments when I'm having bad days and I'll just read them and be like, okay, it's not just me. Other people experience this. (laughs) And, you know, women have made incredible progress in joining the woodworking and workforce in general, still fighting for their seat and equal pay. You know, it's all this collection of things. Um, 
And in the training, you leave only, just throwing that out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, um, it's not an easy battle, but I think a lot of things that I post are just my story and then it helps bring other voices along with it. If you just like read the comments or other people that will like duet me on TikTok, you know? <laughs> so I think primarily that's kind of what I do is just share my story. But um, if you have suggestions, I'd be super <laughs> open to them because, <laughs> you know, I just love this community and seeing what other people do and how we can empower each other. Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, and also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout. If you enter the code maker mom, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. I mean, I think honestly, a lot of it is, is just like consistently showing up on social media, doing what we do. Like, right. Right. A lot of that is just like continuing to show representation. Um, and then like the only other thing, you know, and I still am not consistent with this, but uh, Instagram, you know, more so than TikTok allows you to like elevate like other accounts and stuff so like you know I try to like regularly share um other women and non-binary folks in like my Instagram stories and stuff like that um just like here's a post of theirs mm -hmm. and they're doing really awesome work go check them out give them a follow <laughs> yeah love it that kind of stuff um and I intentionally really really push myself to um put up um women of color in particular um in that space um because again yes i would say as a whole women and non-binary folks don't have a lot of representation in like woodworking or trade or craft however uh people of color have even less so i try to um elevate those accounts mm -hmm. as much as i can but that's probably about it. I have played with the idea, um, and I'm sure I will at some time in the future doing stuff like, you know, account takeovers and stuff like that with um, certain people who maybe have smaller followings or, or whatnot, because um, I think the truth of the matter is, is that unfortunately, <laughs> the AI behind social media still hinders a lot of uh, creators who are people of color uh, and, and, you know, LGBTQI mm -hmm. and all of that, anybody from marginalized, I feel like <clears throat> those platforms, the AI was created from the lens of a cishet 
white male most of the time. Um, and so it shows up in that format um, in those biases mm -hmm. already baked in even into the programming. So like, that's why I think like I intentionally, I even like, <laughs> I even go through and just like, look for as many makers of color, look for as many like women, non-binary, LGBTQ to just follow so that I'm like trying to do my best to like train the AI on my account. Like these are the people I want to see. Like I don't want to continue mm -hmm. to see like, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are many fabulous like cishet white males who listen to this podcast and I love them. And some of them are like good friends. So don't get me wrong, but I will say like they automatically get more eyeballs on their stuff. So mm -hmm. like I am doing my best to work as hard as I can to like teach those systems that these are the people I want to interact with and lift up. Yeah, I love it. It's like it kind of hurts my heart that we have to try so hard in order to uplift these voices that should already be uplifted. Mm -hmm. But again, it gives more power to our purpose, you know? So I love that. Um, I do think it's amazing being able to be such a values led brand too, because not a lot of companies can be like, um, or have such a, a stance or an opinion on something, but we can, right? Like, yep. <laughs> so even on my TikTok, all reply to someone's, you know, horrible comment about women's uh, pay on my post about equal payday, you know, right. where clearly women of color uh, have the deep disparity, like, right, on average, a white male has $20,000 saved in their savings account. And women of color um, are, is like two or 3000, I can't remember, yeah. but it's like a significant difference but then all these people are commenting like oh it's because they don't work hard it's because of this no it's because they're part of the system right that you know like it's wild so being able to you know have that conversation online is amazing and even though sometimes it won't change their mind right away at least they're thinking about it you know <laughs> and we're still trying to uplift those yeah. voices and fight for the underrepresented yeah yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm glad you actually like brought this up um, because it's something like I've been struggling with as of late, which is like, I feel more comfortable in taking on those conversations online, right? If somebody's being a asshole <laughs> or willing to right. like call them out on their behavior um online like I think like everybody I get braver online um but I've really struggled with like when things are said in my presence like in person how do mm -hmm. I address that and unfortunately what that means is um I have done the disservice of being silenced which then means to those people that it's acceptable. Um, and so it's like, I've really been trying to figure out like, how do I say something that doesn't galvanize that person, you know, in the sense of like calling them a racist, which they are being, but calling them a racist would not 
further a conversation, right? It's going to instantly put defenses up and not allow any education to happen. So like, how do I have those conversations or even like approach those conversations in person when it should be coming from somebody like who looks like me uh, to call them out on their shit? Um, Right. Yeah. I think you know, there isn't like a one size fits all to every conversation. But I think one thing I've learned is, you know, when you have a tough conversation with someone or they like say something that takes you back, that is racist or sexist. And it will sit with me the rest of the day, or, you know, it'll just irk me. I've realized like, even though I didn't say something right then in the moment, just because I was, there was a shock factor and like, you don't know how to approach it it's okay if you have the opportunity to still bring it up later, mm-hmm. you know, be like, John, you know, even a day right. later, John, <laughs> you know, I thought about this. Um, let's talk about it, you know? <laughs> so it's True. still, there isn't a time limit to, um, you know, having that kind of conversation where you can, you know, discuss these different types of things. Yeah, that is true um but it is hard (laughs) it's hard but it's something that I am pushing myself I'm trying I'm even bringing it up in this space because I know it will make me feel more accountable to actually take action the next time it happens in my presence um right I do know my my I don't know if it's downfall my gut reaction is because it's like something that is so against my values that I want to come out swinging in those situations and I want to like I want to tell them how stupid they are and how cruel they're being and all of those things right but again I know that if that was my reaction that would not change that person's mind it would probably reinforce what they already feel and think so it's definitely Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as a business, there's an expectation to be professional and ignore certain comments just to not enter that uncomfortable phase. So navigating that is hard. And I know I'm in Minneapolis and we had the George Floyd um, murder of uh, Derek Chauvin's murder of George Floyd. I'm still working on my verbiage with that, honestly, because people will say like George Floyd's death and it's not on him. So mm-hmm. using that active language that it was Derek Chauvin who did the murder. So mm-hmm. sorry, I stumbled on that. I'm still oh, learning and growing at the same time. <laughs> but I think like as a business who was brand new, I'm like, I can't just sit here and be silent. I need to, you know, have a Black Lives Matter sign outside my house and mm-hmm. um, make a post on it. Even though I'm not the one directly experiencing this, I can still as an ally mm-hmm. and a business using this platform to fight for what's right yeah so there's opportunities just knowing how to have it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes I totally (laughs) I totally get it um and yeah that factor of I I do want to be clear in the sense of when it comes to my own business I am very outspoken as far as like what my beliefs are I'm going to be very clear, right? And I'm going to be clear with brands I work with, all of that stuff. Where I really stumble, like, and where a specific instance happened that's, like, really weighing on my heart was in my, like, corporate job. And that's where it's really, um, 
much harder for me uh, because unfortunately the systems are still in place that if I were, if I speak up and I don't handle it exactly how it felt it should be handled, like I could lose my job. Like that's not a, that's not just like a small fear. Like it's a legit potential could happen. Um, and so it's like, okay, how do I navigate this? Cause I no longer um, am okay with just like not saying anything. So I, <laughs> what I need to say in those spaces yeah I mean it's a real concern I even think about it like so I posted this video yesterday um in a I was wearing a shirt that says women don't owe you shit <laughs> and that was my video yeah um while I was working in the shop and this lady even commented on it she's like as a woman I support your business as a woman who doesn't like feminists I won't buy your stuff <laughs> like, I mean you can't how do you support women but you don't support women's equality like right. I don't know I feel like there's sometimes in these conversations and right. people's opinions there's just like an education piece that I'm still working towards like getting better and better um but I feel like it's just interesting having people's you know comments on your videos where because you have you are values led and you are an organization who stands for underrepresented groups um you'll still lose business yeah and for me that's okay if i fail right. because i stood for what i believe is right fine i tried you know like yeah. i'll try again that's okay yeah. but as long as i know that that's what's right cool yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah i I'd, I'd i'd rather not get the business than <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then, you know, suck in something that I definitely don't believe in. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And like I said, when it comes to my own business, I am. Yep. That's where yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. That's where like leaving corporate for mental health reasons was a great bet for me, just because there's such a stigma to how you should present and dress and how you should do your hair Oh, it just stresses me out just talking about it. So I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a hundred thousand percent there. Um, I mean, I'll give I'll give a great example of this. So uh, for those of you who uh, listen to this episode, I strongly encourage you to go over to YouTube and at least like watch this bit because I'm going to point to something and you won't be able to see it, um, <laughs> which is I got to go right shoulder which is the progress pride flag over my shoulder, right? Like I intentionally, you know, bought this uh, from maker friend Tiff of Night Carver, Night Carver Designs. Yes, I'll probably mess that up. But um, she was making these progress pride flags. I intentionally bought it so that I could have it in the background uh, for podcast episodes because this is my podcast studio. But I also do like corporate work meetings from this space. So when I'm about to go on camera for corporate uh, work meetings, that goes away. Because I know that predominantly the people I work with uh, would not appreciate that. And I'll get more hostility by having that in the background. Um, and so that's like, I mean, to me, a perfect example of like, why I want to work on my own. <laughs> it's like, 
if I work on my own, no matter what the meeting is, like this morning, I had an early meeting with a brand that was in the background. I didn't have any qualms about that. Right. And if they were going to decide that they weren't going to support that value, then I'm not going to work with that brand. Like, that's just the way I feel about it. Mm -hmm. um, I just wish that the corporate America system would catch up with understanding, like, if you valued the whole person, you could actually get like more work out of them. You could actually like be more innovative. You could do a whole bunch of things if you actually supported the whole person of a person and right. not, like, like what you and what you feel they should look like or act like. Yeah. And it's interesting. You'll see all these brands on pride month, like, Oh, rainbow yeah. flags everywhere. And then every other month, like, Nope. Don't yep. show it. Don't talk about it. It's just yep. wild. So there's a lot of opportunity, no matter what space we're in, corporate or not. There's so much that we have to work towards. And that's why even after, it, during this podcast, I'm so motivated to just keep working. And just by creating a piece, I'm helping, you know, right. <laughs> uh, work in this space. So we got work to do, girl. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I'm watching the time. So we're, we're at the end of our chat together, but I do want to give you another opportunity to let people know like how and where and all that good stuff of where they should find you and follow along with you. Yes. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, woodartwoman, dot, or <laughs> Wood and then my website is woodartwoman.com. And I actually have a special sale for your listeners. So just use the code revolution if you're going to order and you'll get a discount on an amazing piece. So it's just revolution, R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N. Just awesome. for well, you guys. Thank you for doing that. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah you know, for all of those who are waiting to the last minute to look for Christmas gifts that might come in handy. Um. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Morgan, for chatting with me today. Yeah, this was amazing. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. So again, that was Morgan, the Wood Art Woman, and I will include the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for today's episode. If you don't know where to find those show notes, well, you're in luck because I'm going to tell you how to do it. Uh, first, check out the podcast app that you're listening to this on right now. Uh, the description for the episode, you should be able to find the links there. Or... You can find it in the description box down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Or lastly, you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast and find this week's episode as well as all the past episodes, all the show notes and links and all the good stuff over there. Make sure to follow along with the podcast on Instagram at Crafting Revolution. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to subscribe and follow and maybe head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. I'll greatly appreciate it. I hope you all are having a good week so far. I know for myself being in the U.S. that it is a very short school week. Today's the last uh, day for school for kiddos and then they'll be home for a long weekend. They're super excited. You know what? I'm excited too. 
even if it means less work getting done. It will be fun to get to spend some quality time with them. All right. So let's head on in to the rest of the week. And as always, let's go craft a revolution. She, her, fan, they got something they want to say. Solution for the toxic masculinity. Solution is the constant evolution.